everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Marissa Russell of Creative View Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today, I have with me Alicia Wilfert. Alicia was part of our second annual Loving Healing Creating Summit we ran in February and shared with us an intuitive writing workshop. You can still get access to the summit at www.creativeyouhealing.com. So Alicia is a creativity, transitions, and resiliency coach who lives by the motto, we rise by lifting others. She is the creator of the Yoke and Abundance Wise Woman Wednesday. Wow. Interviews, panels, and podcasts. <laughs> Alicia spent 11 years in the, as an award-winning internal wholesaler in the life insurance industry. Anyone who's listening, I am struggling with my tongue today, so I just want to put that out there. I apologize to Alicia. Um, early in her career in corporate America, Alicia became a 500-hour certified yoga teacher and founded Greensboro Downtown Yoga. While juggling a successful full-time job and running her own business, Alicia discovered the tools she used to spark creative endeavors and bring mindfulness into her days were the very tools that made her most successful in all other aspects of her life. She is a certified positive psychology practitioner and recently named one of the Triad Business Journal's 40 Under 40. Alicia is an avid traveler, writer, and speaker who enjoys working with anyone who has a propensity to take action toward their dreams. So welcome, Alicia. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an <laughs> honor to be here today. Well, thank you so much for putting up with me because I don't know what's the matter with my tongue today. <laughs> so we all have those days. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, Alicia, can you share some of your story and your path that's brought you here? Yeah. So it's such a long and winding path. So I'm going to give you the most abridged version that I can. Um, but I, you know, I went to this liberal arts Quaker college and I just went in bright eyed and bushy tailed thinking that I was going to come out and save the world. Right. I mean, how many college students do that? Right. Like you think like, I'm going to, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to come out of this and it's going to like, I'm just going to make the world a better place. And you have all this enthusiasm. And then I, like, I had no idea what I wanted to do in the world or how to even make that happen. And so I was pretty lost and un like untethered for a long time. So I, I worked for, um, I was in management at a grocery store for a little while and hated that and ended up at the insurance company where I was in internal sales and, um, you know, internal wholesaler. I mean, I, I don't even want to try to go into what that is, but the short answer of what that is, is that I was tied to a phone all day. I had an external counterpart. We were a team and we helped financial advisors help their clients with life insurance. That, that, that's basically what it was. And I mean, for someone like me, it was soul sucking, like in a gray cubicle, right? Like 
I, I had to be there at a certain time. I, you know, I felt like I was in prison. Um, I imagine that that's somewhat what a prison feels like. And it's like one of those things where it's a phenomenal job, just not for me, like mm-hmm. for, for someone else. And I think that's a really, it's a common story that people have, like just not quite being in the right fit. And so during that time, I was like consuming every single self-help book I could get my hands on. I was starting down the rabbit hole of, of yoga. And um, I had been taking yoga for a really long time. And I decided to do a teacher training. And I ended up while working this very intense full-time job, opening and running a business where I was responsible for many classes, teaching class before work and after work and on the weekends and running payroll for the other teachers on my lunch break of my job and writing newsletters. And, um, you know, I, I was decently successful at the yoga studio in that it's, it's even in through pandemic, um, it's changed hands, but it's still going. And mm-hmm. There were a lot of tools, right? All those self-help books, all of those yoga workshops that I went on. And, and yoga is really a healing modality. Um, mm-hmm. And it really, it's, um, it's a way of life. It's not just a physical practice. It's meditation. It's trying to be a good person. <laughs> like it's just, it's all of that. And I realized that all of that was what made me successful. And I had had coaches in while I was, starting these businesses and trying to figure out what was next. And I started to think, I've got, you know, my, my degree was psychology. And I started thinking, right, these coaches are great, but I think I can do what they're doing better. Like that, like that starts to creep in where I'm like, I think I have a pro like now that I've been completely through it, I think I could take other people through this faster and more easily than, than I've just done it. And so it turned into me doing the positive psychology certification, which was like a very long seven month long program. And, and so I use writing and, um, and Reiki and energy and meditation and yoga to work with my clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And it's true, the sort of the, the windy road we take to get where we are. (laughs) I don't think, I mean, lucky to the, or kudos to those, maybe to the people who can, who know right from the start that, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, I wish that I had 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 the strength to do that back then. I started and stopped and started and stopped for many, many years. Um, so when you finally move into that and you can feel into everything that you do and how you can help people in the best possible way, it's so important. I, yeah. I 100% agree with that. And, you know, it's yeah. funny because you, you think like, all right, I'm going to become an entrepreneur and I'm going to do this thing. And then that's its own windy road too, right? It, it's yeah. not a straight line. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, not. <laughs> it's a very curved one too, but it feels more purposeful somehow. It yeah. feels more purposeful. Yeah. Lot so more purposeful. what does healing with creativity mean to you? You know, I was, I, you were so kind to share some of these questions. And so I was, I was doing my own, taking my own medicine and I was using them as my writing prompts this morning. And um, I'll tell you, you know, I really believe that um, the meaning of life is to love. 
And so creativity to me is the natural, it's how we express love. So it's everything, Mm -hmm. right? So when we use creativity um, to express our love to others, as well as ourselves, that's, that's a healing practice. Mm-hmm. So th- that's kind of how I view it. It's like, you know, if I write a letter to someone else, I'm doing something for them, but I'm doing something for me as well. That's a creative practice. If I cook a meal for, you know, my partner, that's a both, another both and healing practice. And, and I don't, I don't think creativity is just arts, right? And and I and I know you've probably talked about this with so many different people, but I have a very broad brush stroke on what creativity is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. And I think that's part of why it is so healing. When we have that broad definition, it can become a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Well, and I personally believe that creativity is in everything we do, right? Yes. And we get caught up in in the art aspect of creativity, but creativity is literally, you know, cooking a meal, it's gardening, it's creating a spreadsheet, it's, you know, starting a business. Creativity is in everything we do. So yeah, I think absolutely. I love that, you know, creativity and love connection. I really, I really like that. You know, it's how we get dressed in the morning. It's, you know, do I want to bell on my bike or not? You know, like all of that is creativity. Yeah, it, it truly is. So yeah, I love that. Oh, I didn't even think about the bell on my bike. It's law here. So you have to have a bell, but I have a really cute pink bell. So, you know, with a unicorn on it. So, you know, that. <laughs> you know, and I'm also a runner. And so sometimes I'll go through Strava and, and see the routes that people have done and they have designed their run. So it makes like, a design, yeah, pictures and things. I'm like, yeah, like wow, the creativity and innovation that went into that that I never even would have thought about blows my mind. I was happy that mine showed like I would I've started a new walking app and it showed me like the path and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It was a square, but it was like, I'm like, oh, look, right? <laughs> it showed what I did. I never thought, oh, I could do a star or I could do. A- that, that's a whole other level of thinking I'm not prepared for but yeah me either but I'm glad <laughs> I, was, I, know, exactly. I love that I love that so what inspires you in the work that you do you know it was this question is so interesting to me because I wanted this and now that I've got it I'm like oh my god I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing but I feel like my work is a calling and I feel like I can't do it even if I don't want to do it anymore because I'm called to do it. I feel like I'm now in service to this work, you know, like group coaching and individual coaching and, um, and, and creating, you know, I do moon ceremonies and I, I just, I can't not do it. I don't know how to explain it. Um, so it's this deep responsibility that I know I have something to offer that's making a difference in the lives of others. And I sometimes I would like to quit because it'd be a heck of a lot easier to go get a paycheck somewhere else than do this work. But I just feel like I am in service to 
to this message that I have and to this work that I have. So that's what inspires me. And every once in a while, I'll get a really kind note from a client and that just makes me so happy. <laughs> I find those come on the days when I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And it's not because I, I don't love what I do because I absolutely do, but you just get so exhausted from all the pieces. If I could just, you know, talk to people and, and do the coaching and, and the, and the course is great, but I have to do the marketing and I have to do the editing and I have to do, and it's like, that's what drags me down. So then on the days when I'm feeling like, oh my God, I can't go on an email pops up in my box and I'm like, oh, that's why I do what I do. <laughs> and I had that exact experience yesterday. I was like over it. I'm like, I'm ready to like roll, throw in the towel. And then, and then in the evening, I just got this kind, very kind testimonial about one of my programs. And I was like, Oh, that, that's the difference that I'm making that that's mm. why this work is important. Yeah, it, it, it is. And so to those of you who send me those messages, just know you keep me going. You keep same, me going. <laughs> and you know, it's, <laughs> they do keep me going, but it is that internal knowing that this mm -hmm. is the path I'm supposed to be on. And yeah. I will say, I know what it feels like to not know what, like I spent a really long time not knowing, and I, mm -hmm. I would choose this over that any day. And this has its own set of problems. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. And I do, I feel the most fulfilled that I've ever felt in my life. And you know, knowing how many people I've helped and how many more people I can help. I absolutely. Um, but yes, it does come with its own set of problems. <laughs> and that's why you have entrepreneur friends that you can talk to on a regular basis that <laughs> help you through that as they're going through the same thing and remind you why you're doing what you do <laughs> and those great messages. So this is a question that comes up often for healers and creatives about monetizing the work you do. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I absolutely think we should monetize the work that we do um, without question. I mean, I don't even, that is one thing that I'm, I'm really, it's like a line in the sand for me. I mean, we pay doctors. Um, a lot of clergy gets paid by their congregation. Um, and if someone has a skill and someone else is using that skill, it should be paid for. And mm -hmm. in creativity and healing, it's a skill and it's something that takes investment to hone. It's something that takes practice and diligence and, and we have to support that just like anything else. So to me, it is, it is not something that any of us should ever feel ashamed of ask, you know, we should not be ashamed of our rates. We should not be ashamed of, of, of asking for, for what we need and, and what we believe that those services are worth. And, mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll, you know, we'll, you know, I, I, it was explained to me this way, like we're kind of medicine women, right? Like we're medicine mm -hmm. women and medicine women are sustained by their community. And so we're going to find out really quick whether or not our community is supporting us or not by whether or not people are able to financially support us in, in the rates that we're asking for. And so you can play with those back and forth, but, it, but we're always worth it. Our mm -hmm. services are needed. We're always worth that. Yeah. I think, I think I totally agree. Um, and it, it's been interesting to me and I find especially a lot of creatives and healers as they're starting out have this 
idea that they should just be giving it away. It comes easily to them and people need it, so they should give it away. Um, but that I don't think helps anyone, right? Because there's that energy exchange and in our culture, it's money, um, right? And, and it can be something else. You know, there are bartering and different things you can do, but our culture is very much about being able to pay your bills and having the money to do so. And so if you're going to have an energy exchange, it's typically around money. And yeah. so I think it's super important that, that we have that um, and recognize our worth as well as your worth. If you're buying a service, you're valuing yourself enough to pay for that service. Absolutely. Right? You know, I think it's like, so I'll often do scholarships to the work that I'm mm-hmm. doing. I, I've benefited from scholarships in, in the past. And, and it's not that I don't think that it should be accessible. And there are ways to make it accessible. Um, but often if I've simply given something away, it's not valued in the same mm-hmm. way as if someone had put down money for that thing. It's not treated with the same energetic receiving as someone that's exchanging for it with something with some skin in the game. And so I think that that is an important piece of the exchange. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then what is the creative healing modality that you use most for yourself? Um, Writing. Mm-hmm. writing I write every single day you know Julia Cameron is like in my mind a saint I use the artist way as a bible <laughs> and she's just absolutely her work is I'm just blown away by the body of work she's put out in the world and what a difference I mean that the artist way has sold like something like over 70 million copies you know it's mm-hmm. been out since the 70s I mean it's just absolutely incredible and you know, oftentimes I don't think I even know what I'm feeling about something until I've written about it. And so I write to understand myself because mm-hmm. how can I go out there and help other people? And I, the word help, I, I, I have a complicated relationship. I don't know that I help other people. I just get to guide folks into seeing what's already there. But how can I do that if I'm not grounded and centered, if I haven't explored the depths of my own soul and my own feelings and thought critically about what, what I'm, what I believe in. And so Mm -hmm. I have a practice. I have shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of, um, of journals full of morning pages and thoughts. And that has been the most grounding compass in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and writing for me, I mean, I have creativity in so many different ways and I do a lot of different sort of art therapy type practices, but writing is always a part of it. Journaling is so important. You know, I, I lead a morning uh, program with journaling and meditation. And then um, every exercise I give, I'm always like, okay, now journal about that. What, you know, what, what are the thoughts? So yeah, I find it super important too. And I think it, it's so important to do and I do it every day. And recommend to everyone to do it every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and you know what? Along those lines, can I go back to our last question really quick about about monetizing yeah. things? Yeah. I absolutely think that your healing modality, your creative modality, it's absolutely okay and should be charged for. And I think it is really important to have at least one creative practice that is purely for you that you are not trying to monetize. So I think like 
if you get into this world and it becomes your sole thing that you're doing uh, if, as an entrepreneur, you start to try to figure out how you can monetize like everything that you do. And I think that it is super important to hold something back for you to protect it in a way that it's not for everyone else. So over the last 12 months, um, I have reclaimed um, a, a, a painting practice. So I watercolor at least once a week and, um, and I'm not bad at it. And I've had a lot of requests for folks to buy them. And I've had to say, no, this, this practice is just for me. It's just to heal my soul and, and to express love. I mean, I'll write letters to people I love on the back and, and send it off to them and that's fine, but that's still mine. Mm -hmm. So I just think that that's an important piece of like, keep something that is just for you. Yeah. I have to say, I, I agree with that for me. Um, like I do a, a create with me on Thursday nights and I often work in my art journal, but I also have pages that I do just alone. And my partner's always like, well, record it. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want that. This is for me. This is my time. Right. So yeah, you need to have that practice. That's your own. Yeah. Where you just get to explore yourself. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. So what are you most proudest of in your life? <laughs> This is a really tough question. Um, I made a list of things that I'm proud of and I don't know what I am most, well, okay. Leaving, I was in corporate America at the same, at the same job for just shy of a decade and in the same industry for 11 years and making the decision to completely walk away without a spouse or a partner or even a roommate at the time. Um, and, and because, so following my intuition to mm -hmm. move to the next chapter of my life, even though it was very scary and even though it came with a lot of risk and a lot of negative things, um, that's probably what I'm most proud of um, so far. Yeah, and that's, that's a great one. You know, I talk to so many people all the time and they're just so fearful, right? And, and I've done it myself. You know, I've, I've done a business on the side and then then it's like, as it starts to grow, you get panicked and ah, you don't make the decision. Right. Um, and, and so when you, when you decide to do something, because you know, it's the best thing for you, when you truly know that and you do it right, whether it's starting a business, whether it's making a move or a relationship ending or starting or whatever it is, when you know that that's right for you and you do it, that's huge. So I commend you on that. I commend you. Yeah. Thanks for asking the question. <laughs> well, we often don't think about our own selves and, and give ourselves sort of a pat on the back for the things that we've done. And it's so important, I think, to, to do that because as women, especially, we tend to um, sort of brush those things off because it's just a, a given every day. We give, 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 and we, you know, what we do, we do. We do it because we have to do it or, or whatever, but what are we proud about? What are we so grateful that we did? What are we like, you know, what do we want to share? And yeah, I think it's so important to do that. Yeah. You know, the, thing, so. 
the, the thing that I'm next most important of is probably my podcast. So, and I mean, you're doing it right now. You get to uplift the voices of so many of us, right. By, by providing this platform and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know how long you've been podcasting, but I've, I've been podcasting for two and almost two and a half years and, you know, like 113 episodes. And I, I think that would be my second greatest accomplishment was is being able to have a platform for those voices. And if I hadn't listened to my intuition, I never would have gotten to that place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so I just think that being able to reflect in this way about what you're proud of, it, it can help you connect it, stay connected to your purpose and your why as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, my podcasts were uh, just over a year. Oh, uh, now we'll be closer to a year and a half. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been, you know, amazing and, and connecting with people. That's my favorite part of the podcast um, and is connecting with people and their stories. And yeah, I love it. And, uh, and then I get great messages from people who are like, oh, I listened to this one and thank you for that. And I just, yeah. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the things that when you are in business for yourself, you need it's, I mean, yes, the money I need to pay my bills, but also I need those, um, not kudos, but to know that it's making a difference, right. To know that people appreciate and are being helped by the things that are being said. That's what I need. Yeah. So send me those messages. I always ask for the messages, send me the messages. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would it be? Mm, This question is so rich. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Um, And I, I, you know, uh, something strongly on my mind this year, probably on the minds of many of us over, well, over the past, we'll say, you know, 18 months or so, year and a half, um, would be dismantling systems of oppression. So anything, any system that keeps um, someone of color and someone indigenous, someone, you know, a woman, like anything that keeps people down, um, I, I would love to be a part of dismantling that. And I think in a very, very, very small micro way, I hope my work does that because I think that, you know, my work is so much about introspection and going inward and becoming self-aware and becoming aware. Who are we and, and how do we operate within these systems that like, how are we contributing to them or not contributing to them? So I hope, I hope that in a very tiny way, I am helping to that to, to break those systems down and, and build up new systems in, in another way. So that would be my biggest hope. I also just want us all to be kind to one another. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's one that I, I, I go to quite often. It's like, can we just be nice to one another? Like, why, why does it have to be this way? Um, but yes. And, and, and changing or, you know, maybe changing one person's mind because they, they hear a different side of the story. Cause absolutely, you know, it, it, I think it's so important to stand up for those who are being oppressed and, and to, and to learn more ourselves. And I have to say, 
last year with the Black Lives Movement was a huge eye opener for me in my own part in it, mm. right? Because I thought I'd always been really open and inclusive. And, and when you look at, you know, our cultural language and, and just so many different aspects of the things in our day-to-day lives that we take for granted that are not okay, you know? And so I think as more and more people start to speak out, we can, we can join and uprise or uplift their voices, right? So that we don't have to speak necessarily for them, but to help them share their message. And then we can also just encourage others to, to change their thinking a little bit, try shifting, you know, even one idea. Absolutely. And you know, so another thing that along these lines that I think about is that, and I'm sure you see this, especially when you're working one-on-one is that every single person is going through something hard. And I know it's become a meme. I know it's become many memes. I know it can be, feel almost trite to say, but every single person has something in their lives happening that they are really struggling and grappling with. And everybody's mm-hmm. degree of hard is different, but it doesn't make it less hard. And if we can remember that about one another, and, and, and I think that some, as, a, as a coach, we get to see that so uniquely because we get, it's like mm-hmm. held right up in front of us, like a crystal ball in front of you and the client of like what that hard actually is. And, and when we can remember that and honor that, and it just makes everything better for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And it's so true. It's so true that, you know, most people who lash out are coming from a place of pain or people who, you know, are too, uh, not too, but are, will pull back from things and don't engage also from a place of maybe trauma and things like that. And so understanding that, you know, not all people want to behave in the way they do. Um, you know, for instance, I, I have, um, I'm on the autism spectrum. So I, once I learned that it really helped me to open up sort of how I communicate, how I um, behave and react to things. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, getting people to understand my thinking sometimes was difficult before I understood it. Mm -hmm. And so as we start to explore ourselves, but yes, everybody has something, whether they know it or not. And I don't think most people want to go through their life angry and hurt and upset and depressed, like people don't want to go through life that way. Um, But they need to dig into (laughs) what is that. And, you know, and so that's how we we can help them, even if it's listening to a podcast, right? If they're, you know, if they're not able or willing to come one on one or even to group, but will listen to a podcast or watch something that you put on YouTube or whatever it is, right? So I think it's important work we do for that reason. Absolutely. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, imposter syndrome. So have you struggled with this? And if so, have you gotten over it and how, if you did? (laughs) So, um, there is a fellow Canadian Tanya Geisler. I don't know if you have heard of her work, but she's in um, Toronto area. And I met her at, um, a writing retreat actually, where she came to speak to us and she, her work is all about the, um, the imposter complex. And um, what she explained to us is that 
any person who is working hard and trying to do a good job, if you are not an imposter, you struggle with the imposter. You you probably struggled with the imposter syndrome and it is Mm -hmm. not so true. Imposters don't, they're not struggling with this. So like (laughs) that alone helped me a lot, like learning that piece, but, um, that imposter complex, what Tanya described is that it's designed to keep us out of action and to keep and, And so when I think about that, I'm like, well, I can't do anything that's important if I stay out of action. Um, it, it helps me realize that everybody feels this way at some point in their life's work and you might encounter it more than once. And so what is it trying to tell me? Is it trying to tell me, oh, you're missing something. Okay, let's go figure out what that is and bring it in or stay out of action. This could be, you know, this could be vulnerable. This could, you know, take you away from danger, danger. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you know what like, ah, danger, let's just move forward. (laughs) Yeah. And what our brain uh, perceives as danger um, nowadays is reflective of what it perceived of danger, you know, thousands of years ago. And so we have to understand that and be able to work sort of against it almost because, you know, we don't have saber tooth tigers jumping out at us. So it's okay. If we try something new, it's okay. If we take a new path, we, you know, it, it's all right. Yeah. It's talking to um, my best friend who I love it. We lovingly refer to each other as platonic life partners, best friends. And um, she's like my person, I'm her person. And she, we, she, you know, we're talking today and she said, no lion, no tiger, no bear. And, and that's true, right? So no matter what it is that I'm scared of doing or afraid of doing, there's actually no real threat. Like, you know, I'm probably, I'm not being chased by a tiger and I don't need to try to like run up a tree away from a bear and hope that it can't climb, you know, that nothing is actually chasing me. And, um, when I, when I think about it from that perspective, then I can flip that question of like now, okay, if I do this, what's the best that could happen. Right. So instead of trying, like, instead of going where my lizard part of the brain wants me to go, which is worst case scenario, let's flip that Mm -hmm. and think about if I do this, what's best case scenario, what's the best that could happen. Yeah. And that's an important shift to have, right. To be able, and it doesn't like, it's not a shift where you turn it on and then it's always, it's a constant. You're constantly with every step along the way, having to make that conscious decision to, you know, ignore the brain part, feel into the gut part, the love part and move forward the intuitive part. Right. So yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So do you have an inspirational quote that you live by? I do. I do actually. It is, um, Le Petit Prince is one of my favorite books, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce Sweet Anton's last name, um, but it's from The Little Prince, and it is um, it is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is truly mm. essential is invisible to the eye, depending on what translation you read of that book. It's along <laughs> those lines, because uh, I saw a different translation of that quote recently, and um that would be the one that I think I've tried to live by since probably high school. Um, Mm -hmm. Just when I let my heart and love guide me, I feel better. And when I let fear guide me, um, 
I don't feel as good. And so it's that gut check of like, am I listening to the fear or am I listening to my heart? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So important. So is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners that maybe we haven't discussed today? I'm just so grateful to be here. Um, Creativity is everything. Don't just, don't think that creativity has to be painting or drawing or singing or dancing. Um, and, and don't wait for the perfect time to start. If there's something that you want to do, just jump in and do it because there's no such thing as a perfect time. And writing is healing. Dancing is healing. Even if it's just in your kitchen, going for a walk and noticing the color of the trees is a creative act and just jump in and your life will be richer because of it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. To our listeners, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day. Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.